0: I declare! After all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book? When I have a house of my own, I shall be miserable if I have not an excellent library.
1: I remember my teachers getting so mad at kids when they said library. They wouldn't let them leave unless they said library. What? Wouldn't let them leave where?
0: <laughs> the dungeon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wouldn't let them go home after school. Oh, they just wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't let them. Go to the library, if
2: they didn't say it with another R.
1: right, greetings everyone. Welcome to Fire the Canon, the podcast where we read the books in the Western canon and decide if they belong or not. Rachel's opinions are objective. I'm your host, Jackie. Yeah.
2: Woo woo woo. I'm the aforementioned Rachel.
1: I'm surprised you like that. I like it because
2: this time I'm the only one who gets to have opinions. <laughs> no, I'm just yes. kidding. <laughs> Our
1: opinions are Rachel's. Um No, I have the most opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Our opinions are
0: many. I'm Theo, producer.
1: When we left you last time, Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennett and Carolyn Bingley were all hanging out in the drawing room at Netherfield having a conversation, and um, Elizabeth and Darcy got into a little bit of an argument about poetry, lover's quarrel, and...
2: There was a lot of sexual tension in that argument.
0: Dripping with it. Gross.
1: Whew. Dripping with tension.
0: I didn't pick up on
1: that. Oh, no! (laughs) I wonder if Mr. Bingley might throw a ball. (laughs) Let's find out.
0: Now we're going to get a little taste. Of ball. That's what I was about Now to say. we're gonna
1: get a little taste of ball
2: of Mr. Bingley's ball.
0: <laughs> oh, one ball, Bingley. <laughs>
2: oh, he is old one ball, Bingley. He only throws one. Yeah. Lydia, the hated Lydia, Ugh. makes Mr. Bingley agree to throw a ball at his house. Bam, right at the sidewall. So, (laughs) later on. (laughs) Come on. Oh, oh, one thing is, Mrs. Bennett, this time she tells Mr. Bingley regarding Jane, I often tell my other girls they are nothing to her.
0: Wow. What a nice mother.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The joke there was when she convinces him to throw a ball at his house, I was imagining him taking a tennis ball and just like, (laughs) he's like, done.
0: Oh, Done, threw a ball at my house. Yeah, that's I keep forgetting that ball is a word for another thing, like a dance. What are you... I honestly didn't think that. You thought Lydia
2: actually wanted him to throw like a bouncy ball at his house?
0: Well, I was thinking like, let's see how this pans out. Maybe it makes sense eventually.
1: (laughs) No wonder he was reading the synopsis of this before we started the chat. And he was like, I don't understand any of this. They just keep throwing bouncy balls around. Everyone's throwing balls all over the place.
2: (laughs) convincing people to hold balls for some reason so anyway later on that evening after the bennett's are gone mr darcy and the two bingley women talk more crap about all the bennett family but he refuses to say anything bad about kitty lizzie yes even kitty oh my god i know All right, Jackie, chapter 10.
1: So chapter 10, they all wake up. Jane and Elizabeth are still there because Jane's still sick. And Mr. Darcy is spending his time and he's writing a letter. Miss Bingley comes up to him and (laughs) what?
2: She just keeps bugging him. There's a really funny passage of her different ways of bugging him. Yeah, but
1: she's bugging him and she thinks that she's being like coquettish and cute or something. But he doesn't enjoy it at all.
2: She keeps being like, oh, please remember me to your sister. And he's like, well, I've already done it once. So maybe you could let me just wait till the next time to do it again.
1: She says, "You write so fast," and he's like, um, "No, I don't." And she's like, "Wow, actually, I write very slowly." And then she's like, "It seems like you don't like your pen. Let me let me fix your pen." And he's like, "No, no, no, I'll do it." I
2: always fix my own pens. And she says,
1: "Tell your sister I'm delighted to hear of her improvement on the harp." And he says, "Will you give me leave to defer your raptures till I write again?" And <laughs> now he talks.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's how he talks.
1: Mrs. Bingley is constantly bothering Darcy while he's trying to write his letter, and it's not endearing her to him. Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth get into a little bit of a Tiff. quabble. A quabble? A quibble. <laughs> a quabble. A squabble, a quibble, a quabble, <laughs> a quarrel, whatever. A scrabble. Yeah. Mr.
2: Bingley and Mr. Darcy. Bingley says, oh, whenever I write, I write really quickly, but I am always blotting out words and it doesn't make any sense. And Elizabeth's like, wow, you're so humble.
1: Well, and Darcy says, Mr. Bingley, it's like totally clear that you just think it's really cool, like how just laissez-faire. How fast you yeah, how fast and yeah. how careless. And he's like, you're talking about how you would just pick up and leave Netherfield in five yeah, minutes. Yeah, you're showing off. Yeah, you're showing off. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? I'm being humble. These are flaws. And he's like, you think your flaws are really interesting. Which,
2: he's right. Yeah, he's kind of, he's humble bragging.
1: Yeah. So then Lizzie is like, oh, and Darcy, I suppose you're totally flawless. And he says, no, actually I have a very resentful temper. If you cross me, it's going to be very difficult for me to ever forgive you again. And once you lose my good opinion, it's lost forever. And she's like, you're right, that's a bad flaw. Yeah. That's not a very funny thing. (laughs) He says, oh, you want to laugh at my flaw? Here it is. And she's like, actually, I I can't laugh at that. That's that's a big flaw. And then he says, well, your flaw then is to misunderstand everyone willfully yeah oh now we're getting a little sense of the title of the book right like he's pride she's they both they both portray both of those characteristics and so do other characters at different that's the stereotype that she thinks of him she's like he's proud and then when darcy thinks about elizabeth he's like she's prejudiced she's willfully misunderstanding everyone so
2: to try to stop them from arguing mr bingley keeps making these funny remarks and he says i assure you that if Darcy were not such a great tall fellow in comparison with myself, I should not pay him half so much deference. (laughs) He's saying, like, they have an argument where Mr. Darcy says that Mr. Bingley listens to his friends too much. He doesn't have a strong enough backbone. And Lizzie's like, no, no, no. He just really values his friends' opinions. He's great.
1: So she just keeps complimenting this guy and
2: insulting Mr. Darcy.
1: They're getting kind of bored with all the the quabbling and quibbling and squabbling. And Miss Bingley says, Miss Bennet... Elizabeth, wouldn't you like to dance a little jig with me? And Mr. Darcy draws near Elizabeth and says, do you not feel a great inclination while we're hearing this music from Miss Bingley on the piano to dance a reel? And she doesn't say anything. And he's like, um did you hear me? I asked you to dance. And I she's asked like, you to dance. <laughs> oh yeah, you wanted me to say yes, but um, you might have the pleasure of despising my taste in music. And I always love it when I can overthrow their schemes to despise me. So therefore I'm going to tell you that I don't want to dance a real at all. And you can go ahead and hate me. And Mr. Darcy says, I do not dare. To hate you. And then she's like, hmm, that was a nice response. She's a little surprised. But Miss Bingley is noticing that Mr. Darcy is bewitched by Elizabeth and she's trying everything to get him to dislike her. And so she's teasing about it and she and Mr. Darcy are kind of walking outside in the shrubbery the next day and she says... Oh, I hope you'll give your mother-in-law about, you know, some advice about holding her tongue. And she's talking about Mrs. Bennett, like, joking about them being married and saying, Oh, well, and then you can also make sure that the younger girls stop running after the officers since you're going to be, you know, Elizabeth's husband and all this. And he's like, Okay, do you have any other great ideas for me? And she's like, Oh, yes, go ahead and put up the portraits of Elizabeth's aunt and uncle. Um, But don't put up her picture. Don't put up Elizabeth's because no painter could possibly do justice to her beautiful eyes. Um, And then they are met in the shrubbery they're walking around and they run into Elizabeth herself walking with the other sister and Carolyn is like, uh I, I, uh, I didn't know you were out here. So then the other sister goes, how about we all walk together? And she takes the other <laughs> arm of Darcy. So it's Darcy with both the Bingley sisters. And then they start walking away. Elizabeth
2: just standing there. He says like, oh, well, let's go where there's a wider path so we can all walk together. And Elizabeth's like, no, I'm fine. And literally runs off. Yeah. She's like, yeah, actually, you look great. You guys look great. I don't <laughs> want to spoil it. She runs away. It says in this chapter, Mr. Darcy really believed that were it not for the inferiority of her connections, he should be in some danger of loving her
1: well it doesn't specify that's what i interpreted it as sure therefore it is law chapter Uh 11 so um elizabeth goes up to visit jane checks on her sees she's fine she has a cold and but that's apparently a big deal in this time so then they go down and again they're kind of just like constantly amusing themselves trying to just like spend the evenings nobody has a job nobody has a job they're all hanging out um welfare queens (laughs) just kidding mr darcy is sitting there reading i think i said the other thing too early this is when miss bingley is like i love books i love books so much i can't wait to have a library she says it at one point yeah and then nobody responds and then she is like obviously very bored of this book that she's claiming to love she throws it aside and she's like let's talk about balls um (laughs) the dancing kind (laughs)
0: Uh, got me again
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then this is a scene in the movie that I also thought was really odd, but I guess this was a normal thing for people to do. So she goes, Elizabeth, wouldn't you like to walk around the room with me? And so, you know, the men are kind of just sitting there like reading or sleeping or playing cards, whatever they're doing. And she's like, yeah, why don't you just walk around the room? So they take each other's arms, Carolyn and Elizabeth, and they're kind of just strolling around this room indoors. And Mr. Darcy looks at them, which... Mr. Darcy looks at them and... That's
2: why... Caroline Bingley wanted to walk. Was she suspected if she
1: got Elizabeth involved? Mr. Darcy might look at her. She was but- like he won't look at me. He just keeps looking at her, so maybe if I just put her next yeah, to me, they'll look at us together. He'll have to yeah. look at me. <laughs> so they get up and they're walking together and miss bingley is like wouldn't you like to walk with us and he goes no because there's only two reasons you guys could be walking around the room together and she's like uh what could those possibly be and elizabeth's says,
2: like don't ask him because he wants us don't to ask, ask him he wants to tell us yeah and miss bingley's like oh i couldn't possibly disappoint him tell us tell us
1: yeah and then mr darcy's like i don't have any problem telling you the two reasons would be a you guys are either telling secrets to each other in which case i would be completely in your way if i joined you
2: Or B. You want me to see your butts.
1: Yeah, he says you're walking around because you know that you look better when you're walking and indeed you're right. I can watch you much better from over here. He's talking about their butts.
2: He's saying you want me to see your butt? Well, I'm looking at it just fine. He says they're figures but sure,
1: but We know what he's talking about. We know what he means. come on, man. Yeah, maybe even an ankle here or there. Probably not, though. Which I thought, wow, that's a very spicy thing for this guy to say. He's a little bit spicy sometimes. Yeah, he is a little bit spicy. So, (laughs) Mrs. Bingley's like, oh,
2: see look we can't possibly make fun of him because he's so great
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and mr darcy is like yeah i don't i'm really not that great she keeps flattering me and
2: elizabeth's like you're right you're flawless you have no flaws at all and he says this is where he says no no i have a flaw it's my resentful temper my good opinion once lost is lost forever and that's when she says that is a flaw and he says your flaw is that you willfully misunderstand me then the narrator says he began to feel the danger of paying elizabeth too much attention
1: (laughs) okay so chapter 12 is really short so elizabeth then is like i'm really sick of this i'm tired of being condescended to by these ladies i want to go home so she writes to their mother and begs her to send her carriage (laughs) please
2: send the carriage please
1: just send us the dang carriage already um, and so Mrs. Bendon is like, no, you can't have the carriage until at least Tuesday. And so she's like, Jane, please ask Mr. Bingley if we could just borrow his carriage because we got, really got to get out of here. But they're realizing that maybe, um, it's not the best that they leave that day. So they're saying, just, just wait till tomorrow, Jane, you're not better yet. But Mr. Darcy was like, I kind of looking forward to Elizabeth being gone because he's bewitched by her and he doesn't really want to be.
2: Also, he knows that Miss Bingley is being
1: more annoying than usual because of Elizabeth. Yeah. Miss. <laughs> 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 Bingley is being mean to Elizabeth and more mean than usual to him. And so he's like, I'm going to resolve right now that I'm not going to show any other sign that I like Elizabeth. So I'm not even going to look at her. I'm not going to talk to her. I'm not going to think about her. I'm going to treat her like Theo should have treated Joseph Shirts.
2: He literally ignores her the rest of the time she's at the
1: house. But spoiler alert, like Theo and Joseph shirts, they end up getting together, (laughs) (laughs) being public on Facebook about it. Nice.
2: Nice. Right. The
0: attraction was undeniable.
2: And that's that. They go home. It says, Mr. Bennett was glad the oldest to her home because they're the most sensible ones.
1: And so after they finally get ready to leave, Miss Bingley suddenly becomes much nicer to Elizabeth (laughs) and her affection to Jane and Elizabeth go up and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad that you're leaving. (laughs) And then they get home and everybody is just kind of back to normal and the younger girls are talking about the captains and the privates and the army guys, whatever, and they settle back into their home life. Exactly.
2: Chapter 13, Mr. Bennett says, oh, hello everyone, my cousin Collins, who's the guy that's going to inherit our house after I die, is coming up for dinner with us tonight. Like, he kept that as a surprise.
1: (laughs) He says, I hope you made a good dinner, wife, because uh, we're having a very important guest. And she's like, wow, you don't think you could have told me that more than, like, an hour or two in advance? Yeah.
2: He's like, it's the guy that can turn you all out of the house once I'm dead. So he reads the letter from Mr. Collins, and Mr. Collins is like, oh, I know that my dad never got along with you, but I would like to offer an olive branch now that my dad's dead. And also, I want to make it up to your daughters that I will be inheriting the house. And also he goes on and on and on in his letter about a new character, Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who is his patroness. He's a clergyman, so he lives,
1: like he has a little church on her property. And She gives him $10 a month in exchange for exclusive content.
2: (laughs) When he shows up, he goes on and on about his patroness again. And then he compliments the beauty of all the girls and mentions like, surely all of your daughters will get married soon. And hints that, in fact, he would like to marry one of them. (laughs)
1: And Mrs. Bennett is like, well, it looks like Jane might be engaged soon, but the other four are up for grabs, cousin. Yeah,
2: basically. She likes him now that she realized that he would like to marry one of her daughters, but the others don't like him. He's not very attractive. He's very boring, very
1: annoying. He's the one my Zoom name refers to. He's conceited, pompous, silly. So then when
2: they're all having dinner, he compliments the dinner and he says like, which of my fair cousins prepared this? And Mrs. Bennett is very angry and she's like we have a cook
1: are you serious you think one of my daughters made dinner our girls don't even know how to use a microwave yeah yeah
2: (laughs) so that insults her a lot and he it says that he just like apologized for the rest of the dinner like long after everyone was fine with it oh my god he constantly apologizes
0: are we supposed to like these characters
1: no not Mr. Collins.
2: I mean, I like him; like he's funny. Yeah. She is just as good at making characters as Charles Dickens. In fact, better because hers are funny, but his are like caricatures, basically. Mm. But hers feel like just kind of funny people. Um. So, Chapter fourteen, Mr. Collins goes on and on and on and on about how great Lady Catherine de Bourgh is, and also talks about how wonderful it is that she's so condescending. <laughs> He also says she has a sick daughter who's very beautiful and accomplished, and if only she weren't so sick, she would be even more accomplished. And Mr. Bennett goads Mr. Collins. He says to him, like, "'Oh, you tell her these little compliments? Are they a spur-of-the-moment thing, or do you come up with them ahead of the time?' And Mr. Collins is like, oh, I like to sit by myself and think up little compliments that she might like. And
1: Mr. Bennet's delighted because he, yeah. like, was very excited for this visit only because he was like, I know from the tone of this man's letter that he's absolutely absurd and I can't yeah. wait to see how absurd he is. And he is not disappointed because Mr. Collins is just a pompous, absurd guy.
2: He keeps glancing at Elizabeth to be like, are you enjoying this as much as I
1: am? And she's like, not really. Yeah.
2: <laughs> So after dinner, Mr. Collins decides he's going to start reading everyone some sermons. But after he reads maybe one or two pages, Lydia immediately interrupts him to be like, oh, by the way, there's some hot soldiers that I want to talk about. Uh, So anyway, chapter 15. We find out that Mr. Collins is a mixture of pride and obsequiousness, self-importance, and humility. Not
1: a good enough title for this book, so I'm glad she changed it.
2: (laughs) Pride and obsequiousness, self-importance, and humility. (laughs) (laughs) If that's if it was about Mr. Collins. (laughs) He knows that he wants to find a wife, and he at first decides he's going to marry Jane. The
1: clear hot one. If I'm going to marry one of my first cousins once removed, it better be a hot one.
2: The hottest of all. But Mrs. Bennet is like, oh, you know, uh, she might marry a very rich man soon. But Elizabeth is the second in birth and beauty. And he says, hmm.
1: You're right. So he switches to Elizabeth right away. (laughs) Don't you think it would have been smarter for her to go with the least marriageable? Like she, this is like a Mary
2: would have been perfect for him. They both like
1: boring sermons. Honestly, that oh my god, they would have been perfect. And she should have picked Mary because it's like no one else is going to pick Mary. This guy's a sure thing.
0: All right, Jackie's shipping again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This one's straight though. That's rare for her. So anyway, they all want to go into town and Mr. Collins decides to walk them into town. And they meet a very hot man named Mr. Wickham.
1: Very hot. Is it possible he's even hotter than Darcy? Seems that way according to the narrator. Hotter than Bingham? Bingham. Bingley?
2: <laughs> Wickley and Bingham.
1: Darcy. <laughs> yep.
2: So while they're talking to this hot, hot man, Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy ride up and Elizabeth notices that Darcy and Wickham are acting a little weird to each other.
1: She says one turned white, the other turned red. She didn't say which one was which. Didn't
2: say which, but I can guess. I can too.
1: I kind of like Which that.
2: one do you think, audience? <laughs> which one turned white and which one turned red? Also you guess, Theo. What do you think?
0: Theo, you guess. I don't know, probably Mr. Bingworth. <laughs> Turned red. Neither. He's not one of the two.
2: (laughs) Also, that's not a character.
0: Mr. Wiggly (laughs) turned...
2: Mr. Wrigley and Mr.
1: Bingworth. Yeah. It's Darcy and Wickham. Darcy and Wickham.
0: Yeah, Darcy turned red.
1: I would think white. I don't think so. Oh, shit. Outvoted.
0: Wait, that chord was familiar.
2: No. Can it
1: be?
0: I think we heard it on our last episode.
1: Is it? And yet. Why does Rachel always want to say and yet?
2: (laughs) It's just a mysterious (laughs) remark.
0: (laughs) It's the mystery cord. It's the mystery cord.
2: Woohoo! I mean, ooh. All
1: aboard the magical mystery cord. Wow.
0: Now we will spin out a dazzling mystery for you. Part two.
1: Any leads on the new vehicular homicide case, Maudie?
0: Not yet, Maud. Our witness says the car that killed Count Marigold was a gray four-door sedan with a stick figure family on the back window. It could have been literally anyone.
1: Well, lucky for you, I picked up a scent on this cold
0: trail. Speak English, Maud. I'm too full of quailers to understand your code talk today.
1: I mean, I smelled something there at the scene. Something unmistakable and unusual. Something I haven't smelled in a very, very long time.
0: The inside of a confessional booth?
1: Ha ha, no, Marty. I smelled leaking battery fluid. It was everywhere.
0: Now that's something. Nobody drives around with their car battery leaking anymore. Not since. I know. Give me a list of everyone who's bought a refurbished car battery lately. We're going to work
2: I still don't feel fulfilled. Surely there's more.
0: Actually, I feel like the story is kind of done there, right?
2: No, there's got to be more.
0: You would think it's done, (laughs) but there's more.
2: (laughs) Probably. But it's a mystery. You have to listen to the next episode to find out. All
0: right, back to Pride and Prejudice. All
1: right, so chapter 16, the girl's are visiting with their aunt, Mrs. Phillips, and she's like, why don't you come on over tomorrow night and have dinner and I'll invite the officers and you can all hang out with the hot officers. And they're like, all right, sounds great. Yeah! Yeah! Mr. Collins is also invited. Mr. Collins is also there. He's staying with them for like two full weeks, even <laughs> though it's it's like unbearable for everyone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you said there's another book about Mary. Is there a book about Collins?
1: I would not be surprised if there's a spinoff
2: about Mr. Collins. <laughs>
1: there's something about Collins. His
0: obsequiousness. <laughs> <laughs> That's the something,
1: yeah. <laughs> Pride and obsequiousness. <laughs> so they're, they're at dinner at um, the girls' aunt and uncles, and Mr. Collins is like... <laughs> My gosh, look at this adorable little room. I can imagine that I'm in the small summer breakfast parlor at my lady's house. And they're like, uh... Yeah,
2: everyone's offended.
1: <laughs> thanks for comparing my entire house to the small breakfast parlor. meant. Summer the, breakfast parlor. <laughs> the summer breakfast parlor, <laughs> no. not even the main one.
0: Even I know not to say that. But then he says,
1: no, no. Yeah. And then he's like, well, just so you know, the the fireplace piece cost 800 pounds. And they're like, oh, well, that's a great compliment. Oh, then. So it's a compliment. Yeah. So um, Wickham shows up, the very, very hot one. And he is sitting and kind of just everybody loves him. Like he's the greatest conversationalist. He's like the absolute opposite of Darcy. He's he's fun and friendly and he makes wonderful conversation. Flirtatious. Yeah he has everything he says, he says it well, and everything he does, he does it well. And Elizabeth is like...
2: She's feeling it. Not a lot, but she's feeling it. Yeah,
1: well, she's not flipping. She's no Lydia. She's no Lydia. Lydia is very silly, but she's also just like Lydia's 15 years old, and she's into the card game as well, so Lydia's paying attention to the card game, and um, Elizabeth and Wickham then have a little bit of time to talk to each other. They're flirting all night. Uh Uh-oh. They're flirting, and Elizabeth was kind of the only one who had noticed what went down between Wickham and darcy earlier she was like uh something weird just happened between those guys and i really want to know what it is so she's trying to be like delicate but also she's trying to find out and so she goes hmm it seems to me that you and darcy might know each other and he's like i should say that we do i guess i'll have to tell you And it's like well you shouldn't ask me about him though because i can't possibly be impartial about mr darcy and she's like why and <laughs> he's like, Oh well, it's just that, you know, he did something really horrible to me and but it's not for me to say because it wouldn't be fair. But
2: let me tell you. <laughs>
1: yeah. And she's like, tell me more.
2: His dad was very good friends with Darcy's dad and was the steward of the estate.
1: So he grew up with Mr. Darcy and had a good relationship. Like a surrogate father almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was like a second son, sort of. And so it was understood that when big Mr. Darcy died- Big D. Big D (laughs) died, then some of the money would come to Wickham. He would be the clergyman. He would get the income of being the rector of the estate. Right. He says, I shouldn't have been an army man. I should have gone into the clergy. I should have been with the church, but I couldn't because um, little D did something really dirty to me, which is he decided to basically take that away from me. Yeah. Um, and give it to somebody else. And so he took my entire, like, life. Little D,
0: you took my tank top.
1: <laughs> A prize for A Little prize D. taken <laughs> by Little D. <laughs> yeah, so basically she's like, well, why would Darcy do something like this? I mean, I hate him just as much as everyone else. And she's being very open about it. And he's like,
2: hmm. Yeah, she's like, oh, everyone in town hates him. We all think he's rude.
1: <laughs> yeah, and she's like, I, I believe that he's rude. But I mean, I can't believe he would do something like that. And she says, well, it's because he was just so jealous that, you know, Big D liked me so much. Yeah. And so he wouldn't give me my rightful inheritance after Big D passed away. Because it
2: wasn't written down. It was an understanding.
1: All right. So then um, Wickham then talks as well about Miss Darcy because Elizabeth is like, well, what about little Miss Darcy that, you know. Little you- Littlest D. Littlest D. <laughs> <laughs> Teeny D that um, he was writing this big long letter to. Like, what's she like? And he says, well. You know, she's a very fine young woman. She's fifteen or sixteen years old. We used to spend a lot of time together, but she's nothing to me now because she's yeah so proud. She used to be nice and sweet, but she sucks now. She sucks now, yeah. And he <laughs> says basically, Darcy, Mr. Darcy is only nice to rich people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes because of his pride, he's able to do good things. Like his pride leads him to like give lots of money away to the poor and like be generous to people, but it's it's all out of this like um underpinning of his pride. pride. <laughs> um and so she's like wow i hate him so much and she's really into wickham and she feels so bad for him that this has been done to him then um wickham discloses that lady catherine de Bourgh is actually mr darcy's aunt and she wants darcy to marry her sickly daughter her
2: sickly accomplished daughter
1: all right so um this little evening at the phillips ends and elizabeth goes to jane and is like listen to this thing that wickham told me about darcy hot goss (laughs) yeah this hot goss from this hot guy (laughs) would you believe that you know he did this horrible thing to him I hate him even more. And uh, Jane says, well, don't you think maybe like that's a a lot that he told you and maybe he had his own kind of. Maybe it
2: was a misunderstanding.
1: Maybe it's a misunderstanding. Or, you know, if someone feels that strongly about someone else, maybe the other party might have something that they feel, too. And maybe you haven't heard both sides of the story. Lizzie is like, nah, (laughs) trust me. I know both sides of the story. He's a dick. And so they are walking and then out of the shrubbery. People are always popping out (laughs) of the shrubbery. Um, and it's Mr. Bingley and his sisters. (laughs) Why didn't you
0: mention this before? What? You knew I would love that detail. She did
2: mention it it before. (laughs) When you're editing, you'll, you'll go back Uh, and be like, oh, what a fool I was. I don't think so. Your first impression of Jackie was wrong. (laughs) She is always mentioning people (laughs) popping out of the (laughs) shrubbery.
1: So for the second time, people unexpectedly (laughs) pop out of the shrubbery and um, it's Mr. Bingley and his sisters and they say, come to the ball dance at Netherfield. (laughs) I have to say dance now. It's on Tuesday. Random Tuesday night party. So they said, come to come to the ball at Netherfield. Dive
2: back into the shrubbery and walk away without coming inside. (laughs)
1: Dive back in. They're never seen again. Everybody (laughs) in the um, Bennett household is very excited about this. Even Mary. She says, you know, it's nice that I have my mornings to myself for serious study, but in the evenings I can enjoy Recreation, A good ball. <laughs> yeah. So Elizabeth is excited. She's hoping that Mr. Wickham will be there and she can talk to him again. Mm-hmm. Apparently the first two dances of the ball are very important. She's like, I'm going to give my first two dances to Wickham. And then Mr. Collins comes up and is like, my dear cousin, won't you do me the pleasure of giving me the first two dances? And she's like, I guess I have to say yes, but she really doesn't want to. A
2: dance is like 30 minutes, I think. So that means she has to hang out with Mr. Collins for an Whoa. hour and she really doesn't want to. And she's start <sighs> starting to suspect he's interested in her. Which she does not like. Yeah,
1: she doesn't like it, but she's like, you know what? Whatever. Until he says something yeah. about it, I'm just not going to bother with it, because maybe he just won't say anything. Um, and so, chapter 18. This is a great chapter. It is a great chapter. I love it. It's delicious unbelievably juicy. Unbelievably juicy. So Elizabeth shows up in the ballroom and she's like, where's Wickham? Not at the ball. It quickly becomes apparent that he's not there. And they run into another officer and he's like, uh, yeah, I don't think Wickham's gonna be here because... He has... Business. He has urgent business that has only come up because he obviously doesn't like Mr. Darcy and, you know, they can't be in the same room together. So she's very disappointed. She has to spend a full hour dancing with her cousin Collins. So she's kind of just joking about all this with her friend Charlotte. She's like, man, what a bummer. Hawkeye's not here.
2: Collins sucks. Collins
1: sucks. <laughs> and then Darcy comes he up. He pops
2: out of the shrubbery. He pops <laughs> out of indoor the shrubbery. shrubbery. <laughs>
1: Like really, no. he does There's like a ficus up. tree in the corner. <laughs> yeah, sidles Drops out from, from, from a behind
0: like it. A yeah, the theme of the ball is shrubbery. Shrubbery, the theme yeah. Of
1: the book, in fact, shrubbery and snubbery. Shrubbery
0: and snubbery instead of pride <laughs> and prejudice doesn't have quite the same <laughs> ring
1: to it. I'm gonna write that. I'm gonna write that book. <laughs> um so she's just like telling Charlotte all about how horrible Mr. Darcy is. And suddenly Mr. Darcy himself pops up and is like, wouldn't you like to dance? And she's so shocked, kind of like, um, kind of like holding in the elevator. She's like, oh, yeah. She's like, <laughs> "Uh, OK.
2: And this is right after she told her friend that she hates him so much and would never. She had told her whole family like. I'll never dance with him. But she's so shocked that he asked her that she says, uh, okay.
1: Yeah, Charlotte's like, maybe you'll like Mr. Darcy if you get to know him better. And she says, that would be the greatest misfortune of all to find a man agreeable whom one is determined to hate. Do not wish me such an evil.
2: Pretty funny, right?
1: And then Darcy (laughs) walks up and asks her to dance and she says yes. (laughs) Um, So she's talking to him and this is a very awkward dance because she's just being pretty mean to him and she's saying things... She keeps.
2: Purposefully picking at him.
1: Yeah, so she's like, I get the sense that he doesn't want to talk, so I'm going to talk because I don't want him to be happy. <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> he's saying, like, do you always talk while you're dancing? And he's like, well, yeah, we can't just be silent for half an hour together. Yeah. And she's just kind of talking about how, oh, we're so similar. We're both unsociable and taciturn, and we, you know, don't like to speak. And, and Darcy says, um, well, that doesn't really sound very much like you, and honestly, it sounds like you don't really know me very well either. And she's like, who can say? <laughs> And so she's talking about Mr. Wickham now. And she was like, so it seems like when you met us the other day on the street, um, you didn't seem so happy. And his mood immediately changes. And he's like, well, Mr. Wickham is really great at making friends, but he's not so great at keeping them. And she's like, oh, well, he's been so unlucky to lose your friendship. Seems like he's going to suffer all his life for it. And so he's angry, but he's not angry at her. He's he's angry at someone else who obviously is Wickham. Mr. Wickham, yeah. So that's where all the all the juice is. Very. So then Sir William, Charlotte's dad, comes up and is like, Hi, Mr. Darcy. How are you doing? Oh, don't let me detain you. You
2: guys look great together. Yeah,
1: she's so beautiful with her bright eyes. I bet you don't want to talk to me anymore. And then he leaves and they're like... Oh,
2: he also says, like, you know, you guys will get to dance at Jane and Bingley's wedding. <laughs> Which they're not engaged.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then Darcy says, sorry, he made me forget what we were talking about. And Lizzie said, we weren't talking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And then she's like, we don't have anything to talk about. And he says, what do you think about books? And she's like, we don't like the same books. (laughs) Like she doesn't give him any chance at all. And so let's talk about prejudice. (laughs) She's like, I can't talk about books. I'm, I'm always too distracted by what's going on at the ball. And he says, oh, so you're just always occupied by the present. And she's like, yeah, completely. And she's not even listening because she's not thinking about the present at all. (laughs) So she's saying, I'm trying to figure out what kind of character you are. And he says, how's it going? And she's like, well, I keep hearing really different things. Things about you, and he's like, "Well, don't
2: don't try to figure me out right
1: now." Yeah, he's like, "This maybe isn't the best time." She's like, "Well, if I don't figure it out now, I might not have another chance." And he said, "Oh, well, I would hate to upset you, mm-hmm. you know." So, and then they kind of leave the dance like that. So they're both annoyed. They're both annoyed. A funny
2: thing was, the narrator says when the dance is over, they're both annoyed, but because Mr. Darcy likes Elizabeth so much, his annoyance almost immediately switches over to Mr. Wickham. Yeah,
1: it says there's a tolerable, powerful feeling towards her. (laughs) A tolerable feeling. She's powerfully tolerable. (laughs) (laughs) It's powerful how much I tolerate her. Um, So basically, Miss Bingley comes up, and I think she actually does Mr. Darcy a solid for... A little bit, but she also just loves gossip. She's a
2: hot goss queen. Yeah,
1: I hear you really like Wickham, but I gotta let you know that, um, he did a really mean thing to Mr. Darcy, and I get that you're kind of thinking that Darcy isn't, uh, the greatest guy, but, you know, you really need to figure out that, um... He's
2: actually right this time. You know,
1: sorry for ruining how much you love Mr. Wickham, but, um, you need to think more carefully about that. So Elizabeth is like, "That's stupid girl. She just, she's w- willfully ignorant. She'll just do anything because she's so obsessed with Mr. Darcy. And so... Jane shows up and they're talking and she's like, you have to hear what I heard about Mr. Wickham just now. But suddenly she sees like Jane is just really happy because she's spending time with Mr. Bingley and she loves Mr. Bingley and she's having a great time. And he's clearly like, uh, you know, admiring her just as much as she's admiring him. And so she decides to kind of soften her bitterness a little bit and just let Jane be happy. Well, Jane also
2: says, oh, yeah, you know, I've heard that Mr. Darcy is the one who's in the right. Right. But Elizabeth says, well, mm-hmm. Bingley's getting his information directly from Darcy. So obviously Bingley
1: only has his side. Yeah. They're all prejudiced against Wickham. Nobody's getting his side of the mm-hmm. story. Um, so then Mr. Collins comes up and is talking to Elizabeth. And he's like, I just found out that there's a relative of Miss Catherine de Bourgh here. and Lady, he- Catherine Berg. <laughs> Lady Catherine de Bourgh. How dare you? Lady Catherine de Bourgh. And it's Mr. Darcy. And I am going to go up and... Plead my apology for not having known him before and introduce just myself. Introduce myself. And she's like please don't do that he's not gonna like it and he's like look I think I know a little bit more about um gentlemanly actions than a young lady like yourself so he goes up and she's watching them across the room and she's watching as Mr. Collins just makes a total fool of himself and Mr. Darcy at first is just kind of like being polite he's shocked
2: that that he would do such a thing yeah <laughs> I feel like he ignores him a lot doesn't he ignore Mr. <laughs> Collins never
1: stops talking so he just is kind of watching him talk and then is like gives a polite response but then Collins keeps talking and then eventually he kind of just walks away yeah <laughs> And he doesn't
2: realize that Mr. Darcy was being contemptuous of him. And
1: so this ball is really not going well for poor Elizabeth so um, they sit down to supper then at the ball and Mrs. Bennett keeps talking about Mr. Bingley and Jane and how it's going to be... Really
2: loudly. Really Really loudly. loudly loudly. Everyone can hear.
1: Which is, you know, this is not cool because they're not official or anything yet. And she's just like oh, it's going to be so great. Jane's going to be so rich. She's going to live so close to home. We love Mr. Bingley. Everything's going to be great. And she's like, mom, be quiet. Mr. Darcy's listening to you right Mm now. And the mom says Something rude about it. Yeah, she says I don't care about Mister Darcy. Like nobody likes him, which I think that's honestly kind of cool because Miss Bennet is so you know vapid and shallow. You would think she would just be like I don't care how mean he is. He's rich, but she really hates Mister Darcy. Elizabeth
2: says he can hear you, and the mom says, "Well, he sucks." and he hears that too (laughs) jane's like well look if you want or elizabeth says if you want jane to marry mr bingley surely it won't help for you to be rude to his best
1: friend (laughs) miss bennett is talking to charlotte's mom mrs lucas lady lucas and it's just poor lady lucas has nothing to contribute because she's just like oh your poor daughter charlotte is so plain she'll never get married but look at jane and how happy we are for jane (laughs) And so finally, Miss Bennett shuts up, and then poor Mary all of a sudden starts playing at the piano and singing in her weak voice. It says her voice is weak and her manner is affected. She does two songs. She says Elizabeth is in agony because her mom's talking a whole bunch, and Mr. Collins is making a fool of himself, and Mary's singing in her sad voice, and finally Mr. Bennett, the father, is like, Hey, Mary, how about we let some other people sing? And then he does
2: it in like a very obvious way. So that makes it even worse. Yeah.
1: Mr. Collins makes a very long, pompous speech. It takes up half a page and everyone is just like looking at him, not even speaking because he's just so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then so Elizabeth is like, my family is basically showing all the complete caricatures of themselves this evening Mm. nothing could possibly be any worse
2: (laughs) they also overstay their welcome at the ball like it's very obvious that they stayed later than everyone wanted them to
1: and mrs bennett again does this on purpose she doesn't order the carriage in time because she's like oh if we stay around a little longer that'll give us like more access so they're staying around and you just have like the people who actually live in the house like yawning and saying dramatically how tired they are (laughs) yeah At one point, it says that uh, <laughs> regarding Mrs. Bennett, Elizabeth was the least dear of all her children. So, yeah, this ball was pretty much just a disaster and yep. um, terrible ball. Finally, they leave the house. Yeah.
0: Terrible. A
1: terrible.
0: <laughs> all right, stop the fun. Listener, if you like Fire the Cannon, make sure to tell your friends, family, and each of your five daughters about it. Have them listen. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. The algorithms love it when you rate and review. Also, subscribe slash follow it on your podcatcher of choice. All right, back to our love story
2: chapter 19 I think this is the funniest Mr. Collins he's like can I talk to Elizabeth this is the next day and her mom says oh yeah sure uh everyone else get out of here and Elizabeth's like no wait uh stay please and the mom says no 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 we're all leaving so everyone (laughs) runs away and Mr. Collins proposes to her in a very awkward and a not romantic at all way And while he's proposing, it sounds like an
1: essay. He says the reasons for marriage are as follows. I will outline them in this essay. And then he says the reasons I want to marry you are because of this. He also keeps talking about
2: Lady Catherine de Bourgh the whole time he's proposing (laughs) to Elizabeth. And
1: Elizabeth at one point like thinks she wants to stop him, but she can't stop herself from laughing because of how ridiculous he is. We
2: also find out that her inheritance is forty pounds a year after her dad dies, which means that her yearly income is around $3,000 or, like, maybe $4,000 a year. So not very much money. Yeah. So she rejects Mr. Collins, of course, and he says, like, oh, well, you know, that's just the practice of delicate females is to turn down a man to increase his desire, so I'm not going to be worried about it. And (laughs) Yeah. And she says, like, no, 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 I assure you, this is... (laughs) this is not a stratagem at all like i don't want to marry you and he's like oh i know how it is and she says no
1: no no he says young women always turn men down three or four times <laughs> and then he keeps upping the time she's like
2: no seriously do me the honor of respecting my opinion i'm just telling you i do not want to marry you and he's like sure 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 okay he says
1: i hope the next time that i talk to you about this you're, you're ready
2: to admit that you want to marry me yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's just so funny. This is kind of like a Charles Dickens book where just the narration is so hilarious that people just, people don't realize that this is, in my opinion, it's more funny than it is romantic.
1: Yeah, it's definitely very funny. Like, I think, so after he gives, like, the essay reasons, like, these are the reasons I want a wife, and he just says those, and then she rejects him and he goes, I believe that your refusal is merely words. My reasons for believing it are these. It does not appear to me that my hand is unworthy of your acceptance. <laughs> um, my situation in life is pretty good. Um, you're going to be poor. I don't think anybody else is ever going to ask to marry you. And therefore, um, I conclude that you are not serious. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: Which, how <Yeah>. flattering. <laughs> That's amazing. Pretty good,
1: right? Mm-hmm. So, chapter
2: 20. Uh, both Elizabeth and Mrs. Bennett run to Mr. Bennett To say, like, you need to fix this. (laughs) Because Elizabeth's like, dad, you have to tell him that I'm serious. He's not listening to me. And Mrs. Bennett is saying... Mr. Bennett, you have to tell her that she has to marry Mr. Collins. Or I'll never speak to her again. And her father says, An unhappy alternative is before you, Elizabeth. From this day, you must be a stranger to one of your parents. Your mother will never see you again if you do not marry Mr. Collins. And I will never see you again if you do. She's very happy about that. She's like, oh, thanks, Dad. So finally... Mr. Collins understands that she's not going to marry him and he gets very offended.
1: And he starts saying, well, you know what? I don't want her anyway, because if she's going to be like that, then she can't possibly be serious enough to be my wife.
2: Because Mrs. Bennett is like, oh, no, I'll convince her to change her mind. And he's like, "Uh, I don't know about that. So at this point, her friend Charlotte Lucas comes to visit and Kitty's like, oh, my gosh, Charlotte, listen to what happened. It's hilarious. And so to kind of help out, Charlotte is like, Okay, I'll go distract Mr. Collins. So she's like talking to Mr. Collins and Mrs. Bennett is
1: just apologizing. Mr. Collins isn't sad like, he, he doesn't have any yeah. feelings
0: towards Elizabeth. He's like, offended.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's just offended. Yeah.
0: His pride is injured. Ding, ding, ding.
2: <sighs> yes, because he was like, I'm doing a really great thing by asking one of these girls to marry me because, you know, kind of sucks that I'm inheriting their house. It's an act of charity. So chapter 21, Mr. Collins keeps acting weird the rest of the time that he's there. But he doesn't just leave early. The narrator says like, despite this, Mr. Collins does not shorten his visit. So he could have left after his proposal was rejected, but he just stays and acts weird the whole time. So uh, all the girls go into town and they find Mr. Wickham again and he goes walking with Lizzie and they're flirting a little bit. So she's happy about that. But unfortunately, Jane gets a letter from Caroline Bingley that says uh, okay, we're, we're leaving, and we're not gonna come back. It was nice to meet you. Also, my brother left already. He's, completely gone.
1: Also he's um getting really close to little Miss Darcy. She's so great and I'm sure you would understand like they're just meant for each other. We're so
2: happy that they're gonna end up together. She says like we're gonna go to Darcy's house and I'm sure my brother is going to propose to his sister. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Everyone's thrilled. Jane is so nice that she's like oh wow I completely misread the situation. He wasn't into me at all his sister's just trying to let me down easy and elizabeth's like no jane they're bitches like, it's obvious that bingley likes like you. she just wants him to be with darcy's sister because she likes darcy and mr bingley really really likes you and i'm sure that he's gonna come back at some point like they're just ridiculous and jane's like oh no 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 it's got to be like caroline must just be confused she doesn't have any malicious intent and um so anyway they keep most of the information a secret like they tell their family that the bingleys have left but they don't say that there are no plans for them to come back
1: and jane says well okay if they're such bitches and they don't want me to marry their brother then why would i want to marry their brother then i you know they don't want to be my sisters at all it would just be miserable they would
2: hate it (laughs) yeah
1: and lizzie says well you can decide for yourself if it's worth keeping their good opinion of you and then not marrying mr bingley you go ahead and do that it's
2: pretty funny she says like if upon mature deliberation." you find that the misery of disobliging his two sisters is more than equivalent to the happiness of being his wife i advise you by all means to refuse him but so jane is like oh no you're just joking you know that i would marry him if he asked me so anyway that's the end of part one for our podcast the bennett family is in disarray none of the daughters are married (laughs) and the bingleys have the bingleys have left mr darcy He's being a jerk. Wickham's all up in everyone's business. Collins is still hanging around.
1: (laughs) Things couldn't be worse. (laughs) A cliffhanger. Hey, but as far as we know, things could be really good for Elizabeth because she's got Wickham around. She's happy. Sometimes I thought it would be comforting to be in a society where things are so expected You know, like, your behavior and... You know all the rules. You know all the rules, right. Like, you can't possibly say something wrong. I guess you could. You could be like Mrs. Bennet. You could be oblivious, but... You know what's wrong ahead of time. You know what's expected. But
0: it seems like people keep making mistakes. It seems like every character... Well, the Bennet family is kind of just... Jane
1: and Elizabeth don't make
2: mistakes.
0: Collins makes lots of mistakes, right? Yeah, but
2: everyone... It's obvious to everyone, like, he's
1: an outlier. He's a clown, basically. I
0: feel like... In some ways, I'm like Mr. Darcy. Awkward, looming. Mm. Yeah, and everyone thinks I'm, like, hateful.
1: I don't think Mr. Darcy's awkward. I think he doesn't enjoy the frivolity.
0: He's
2: awkward. Like he, There are many times where he wants people to like him, but he can't make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
2: just not good at conveying an impression of himself that he wants to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I do think that whenever people say, like, him not dancing at the ball, I'm not sure how much of that is, like, he's too proud or that he's too shy to be meeting all these
1: strangers. Because he's pretty awkward. Man, yeah, it's it's really difficult not to want to, like, put these characters onto people that you know in your life. So
0: you think they're pretty universal, is what you're saying?
2: Uh, I mean, the situations certainly aren't, because even the poor people in this book are doing really well. Like they're in danger. They're in a precarious situation, but at the moment they're doing pretty well.
0: Here's something I'm still confused about. Can you rank it in order for me? Richest to poorest?
2: Yeah. Easy. No problem. (laughs) Darcy. Darcy is like four times as rich as the next richest character who is Mr. Bingley.
0: Okay. What
1: about Catherine de Bourgh? Catherine is between Bingley and Darcy. Okay. So Darcy... Lady Catherine, Bingley. What
0: about that other guy, Wickham?
1: Way down there. Uh, he's he's a soldier. Oh, okay.
2: After Mr. Bingley, probably the Lucases, because, so Sir William Lucas, he was actually a tradesman who was, became the mayor of the town, and then he was knighted while he was the mayor, and then he was like, oh, I'm a sir now, I c- can't possibly be in trade anymore, so then he, like, buys a house in the countryside, but he's, like, a, a good guy, even though he's a a knighted man so he's got a lot of money after that maybe the phillipses their aunt and uncle then the
0: <laughs> i've already forgotten these characters existed
2: okay look darcy's <laughs> way at the top lady catherine is underneath that then mr bingley then the bennetts are way below mr bingley like way below mr bingley
0: but they're still somewhat wealthy
2: they have three servants something like that. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Having servants was not that big of a deal I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But the thing is once the dad dies they're going to be poor enough that the daughters are going to have to, like, become governesses or, like, teach music or something. Like work. They will not have enough money after he's gone because the thing that supplies the income is the estate and the estate goes to Mr. Collins. Right. Yep. And then Mr. Wickham, he has his salary as a soldier, but that's not that much.
1: He's been cheated out of his livelihood by Mr. Darcy, so he says.
2: Like, the Bennett family, they're gentlemen and gentlewomen, but they're not super rich.
1: Okay. I think what feels universal about it isn't the stuff that they actually do or the way that their society is set up. But it's...
2: Personalities. The
1: descriptions of the personalities, right? You can kind of put those onto people that you know because they're extreme, but they're not one-dimensional.
2: They're recognizable, yeah. Yeah. The interactions between people, like, I've had interactions like this pretty frequently. The narrator is hilarious. Elizabeth is just a great character. I've thought that
1: Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth talking sounds like they're on a podcast. Oh
2: ah. Like they're just
1: like witticism after witticism after witticism. Can we
2: get them on the pod? Uh. <laughs> I'd take either one. Yeah, maybe we
1: can.
0: <laughs> so basically the main things that are going to happen is it's like Elizabeth and Darcy, and then Bingley and Jane. And I don't really have to worry about Kitty and Lydia.
1: Or Mary. There's, like,
0: the dad that'll make a comment every once in a while, but he's not really that important. The mom's going to, like be embarrassing but she's not really that important
1: yeah and then which one is right who did the awful thing was it Wickham or was it Darcy? okay
0: Wickham said Darcy did the bad thing Darcy said something about Mr.
1: Darcy was just like I don't know if you have enough information
2: but then he didn't say any more information
0: okay so this is a mystery novel
2: (laughs) yes (laughs) it's a mystery
0: okay I mean I'm gonna go ahead and assume that uh Darcy is like secretly a better person than we all expected and Wickham is the one who did the bad thing okay I don't know. Seems like a good trope.
2: (laughs) You really don't know anything about Pride and Prejudice, right? No, I don't. But he was right. Jackie, I wanted to keep him in the dark. You just made him feel worse
1: <laughs> for no reason. I don't think he felt worse. You don't know anything. I know? said about pride and You don't know anything about pride and ostentatiousness. <laughs> what was that other thing called? You said
0: like slurpiness Let's and slipperiness. What's it,
1: shrubberies oh, yeah. and snubberies. Oh,
2: okay. slurpiness <laughs> and slipperiness. <laughs> We're going to have to call this one shrubberies and snubberies. <laughs> yes. Pride and Prejudice one, <laughs> shrubberies and snubbers. There's so
1: much of both of them.
0: I mean, I also feel like it seems like there's a lot of like big events don't happen that often. It seems like there's like a lot of sort of like small, low events. level events. Yeah, small events.
1: I mean, yeah, this is taking place in a small mm-hmm. village with a couple families. They're all very involved in their own business and each other's businesses.
0: Mm-hmm. Anytime I like hear a piece of music or I guess a story, I'm always thinking, oh, they probably could have cut that. Oh, they probably could cut that and make it, make it more efficient or
1: something. That is very Mr. Darcy. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe. Mr.
1: Darcy's never like, I like that. He's like, that could go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was thinking that about this book. Like sometimes I was like, I don't know if that could be cut. But then I thought, I guess if we're supposed to like watch these people slowly change their opinions of each other then we need all this sort of Yeah,
2: I hate to say it, but everything is good. There's no... Like, the sentences are all funny, (laughs) and they all add to the whole. It's amazing. No cuts. It's perfect. It's a great book. It really is, like, a perfect
1: novel. The structure, it just... It's great. I agree that it's very funny, and I think all the sentences have, like, a funny purpose, but I also wonder... I don't know. There's just so many things that...
0: I mean, honestly, in my mind, I was thinking... Do they really need to have five kids? It's oh. a lot of kids. You know what Which I mean. Which one like, would you cancel? Cancel? I don't know about cancel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Kitty or Lydia. Probably Kitty. Kitty doesn't. Yeah, do I know. feel like Kitty. Kitty,
0: Lydia, or Martha.
1: Mary. Like. Mary. Yeah, whatever. Poor Mary. Theo didn't even remember her name. <laughs> the only kid that you could cut is Kitty. You
2: could combine Kitty and Lydia, but she still is important. It's still funny. Five is a lot like for back then because so that's the kind of family where you're like, whoa, and then five daughters without any sons like that tells you that they kept having kids on purpose to try to like save the family with a son. And finally, they were like, we just can't do this anymore. Yeah, the number of kids is important to the story, even though you don't really care about three of them.
0: (laughs) That makes Mm -hmm. sense. But I love the idea of Jane Austen finding five parts of her personality (laughs) and just making a character for each one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Kitty is the personality that like coughs. Coughs sometimes.
2: (laughs) Oh, she did die of something. Jane Austen.
0: And then they can use polymerization to make Jane Austen again. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. That's a pretty rare card I hear.
1: Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: Yu-Gi-Oh, that's the theme song. Is that the
1: theme song? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh, you're about to watch Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: All right, so if you're wondering what the theme song for Yu-Gi-Oh is, join us next time for the continuation of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. If you have anything you'd like to tell us, you can reach us by email at firethecannonpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We're on Facebook as both a discussion group and an official page for announcements at Fire the Cannon Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FireTheCannonPod. We have a website which you can reach at FireTheCannonPod.com or FireTheCannonPodcast.com.
2: Either will work. <laughs> Thanks to Jackie indirectly. <laughs> we also have a
1: Patreon that you can find at Patreon.com slash FireTheCannon. We would love it if you would stop over there, check out what exclusive stuff that we have set up for our patrons. Um, all of the extra perks and exclusive content. So check us out over there. Or if you want to just maybe leave us a one-time little present, then you can go to ko-fi.com slash firethecannon and leave us something there. That's ko-fi.com. Nice.
0: Yu-Gi-Oh
1: um, Anything else we need? Yu-Gi-Oh Let's say goodbye to now Goodbye now
0: Goodbye now No, please
1: forgive me for having
2: taken up your time And accept my <laughs> best wishes for your health And accept my best wishes
0: for good luck and happiness And accept my best wishes for good luck